It is also a, a new way that you can give online. Uh, we've uh, been using Cash App and PayPal ever since COVID, uh, and it's been a blessing and it's worked in that, uh, and there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, but uh, we have introduced this. This is a way that you can give online. It's such uh, a, a, an easier way. You can different ways that you can give. You can choose what you're giving for. Uh, we have everything in there, whether it's the building fund, whether it's tithe, whether it's offering, whether it's for care connection. You can get to all of those at one place. And uh, you can uh, and have all your information there. But you do, want to remind you, you do need to create an account once you download the app. Create your own account so that you can sign in and all that. And you can keep all of your uh, personal information uh, private. So if you already have a Gmail email account, that will sign you in as well. So uh, it's, it's very easy. Again, we encourage you. Uh, amen. We're not uh, telling you we're not doing away with you getting through Cash App and PayPal. But uh, if you do that already, we're encouraging you to download this app and to begin giving that way. Uh, not only is the giving part of it uh, efficient and it will work better for you and it helps uh, amen, the, the church management system and everything all together, but we can keep up with you. We can access all the events and anything that you need to register for, anything you need to uh, purchase uh, through there. You can do all of that through the app. It'll give you access to uh, the church's new website that you still, uh, we're still constructing that, so some things that aren't accurate, so if you see something on there that looks a little wonky, amen, it's on purpose right now, uh, and we'll let you know when it's completely finished, but uh, it still can get you in there. You can get used to navigating that. Um, we're working on live streaming from uh, live streaming from the app and from uh, and our website. So we're trying to make everything as efficient as possible, especially since we're going to be building our new worship center. We'll just help things uh, and everything together. Uh, but one thing we told you last week that you would be able to begin text giving uh, today, but uh, that is not still not able to happen and it's not anything on our end it is a better issue uh with the app company so as soon as you can do the text to give we'll let you know that but that's another way again you can just uh text the number and give your uh your offering or anything that way now you can still give check cash uh, through the tiny envelopes all of that and we're not doing away with any of that but it's encouraging you if you can even if you don't give through the app and you still give check and cash, download the app, get familiar with it. If you have a smartphone, again, we'll be able to keep up with you, reminders, text to you or something. There's an emergency or anything like that. Uh, so some pretty, pretty neat things on there. So if you have any questions about it, you can see Zach, the next time they're in the sound booth this morning. He's the guy with the blue shirt and everything. So amen. He will help you out and uh, we appreciate him. He has taken a lot of time in putting all this making all this happen, and we're so thankful uh, for that, amen, because it would cause me to probably throw the phone if I had to be the one to set all of it up, so uh, I'm thankful for that today uh, for him, so keep that in mind, we encourage you, encourage you, encourage you to download that app, amen, and begin using it, take advantage of it. Also, uh, this week is the Feast of Shavuot, or Pentecost, that begins on Thursday the 25th, Amen. Last year, two days through the 27th. Next Sunday is Pentecost Sunday, uh, officially on the church calendar. So 
uh, that begins on Thursday night, first evening at sundown, uh, the Feast of Pentecost. This is the second uh, feast that you can serve your first fruits as well, so keep those settings in mind. Also, at your service today is the ministry mentor meeting, so uh, if you have any questions about that, see uh, Mike, he's the uh, guy back there in the blue shirt. Amen. He has here. Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, 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 he's not as much as he used to. I said, I brother, but uh, not as much as he used to be. So, if you have any questions about that, amen, you can see him. Amen. Praise God. Today is our third Sunday of the month, which is our community spotlight. This is the Sunday that we uh, allow for uh, our care connection director to give you an update of everything that's been happening over the last month with our outreach ministry. So I'm going to turn it over to Christy. Amen. Amen. Good morning. I still have a little bit of hair. And I just Clothes, 
clues and hygiene items, things of that nature that you guys bring in, that's where they go. And this past Friday night, I showed up on another church's night. It wasn't our weekend, this weekend. And me and my niece, Erica, we took about eight full bags, and then we had some donations from the prison. So we took about six of these footlocker boxes, okay? They were down to like three shirts and two pairs of pants. They were so appreciative. What I'm trying to get at is this stuff is needed and this stuff is used. So keep bringing it in and I will keep making sure that they have access to it. So thank you guys for your donations of time and donations of money. Thank you for that. So like I said, this is the end. Everybody was pretty much gone. We were down to the last few things we were all trying to catch our breath. And just hang in there. But I wanted to show you guys the setup. It's not scary. If you ever want to come down, come talk to me, come talk to Angie. Um, you're more than welcome to even just to be a witness to pray for people to pray with people. But this is so long time. Go ahead to the next. Okay. This is the one where I'm like, I show the picture first, do I talk about it first, what do I do? Y'all know where this is, can you tell from looking at this picture? So it's the, the back corner, so the south east corner of our church building, okay? And we're sitting there, and we're looking at all the cars lined up all the way to the street. They were sitting on High Street parked, okay? I got here at 8.32 in the morning on Saturday. I'm not complaining, I'm not bragging, but listen, I asked my volunteers to be here at 9. I get here at 8.32 so I can eat breakfast, catch my breath, say a prayer, drink my dew, <laughs> or my coffee after both yesterday. And, um, and get mentally prepared for what's about to happen, okay? So, <laughs> I meant to say this, I'll figure out all these questions. Friday, we had 20 volunteers show up. <laughs> Don't quite get it justice. 
So, um, Jackson, I don't know if he said today, but he was helping us get our uh, dumpster situation under control. We had it completely packed full. I said, well, someone's got to climb in there and stomp it down. This day was, I said, come on, dude, let's do it. And then on Saturday, we're, we're praying with people. We had so many people walk up this month, like they didn't have a vehicle. So they either walk from the neighborhoods or they're homeless and they walk through. Um, our reporting system gives us an option now to select homeless as their address. Um, and we do that. We do that. And I'll send them away with whatever they can carry. Right. If they have a way to keep it cold, cool. If they don't, that's okay. Pull that out, bring it back in, give it to somebody else later. Um, we served, you can go ahead to the next one. We served 74 families.
All God's people everywhere lift their hands in the air as you worship His great name. Your nation will never be the same. Okay? We know that, Chains be broken, wounds be healed, storms be nice, peace be still. Sons and daughters prophesy. Our generations now rise. We have kids out here from ages 7 to 70-something helping to serve God's people. And it touches me, and I hope it touches you. If y'all need help, let me know. I can make a box up or whatever we have. We have some food in between services. If you want to help, let me know. You got 10 minutes on Friday or Saturday, let me know. We can use you. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your hard work. I love you guys. Father, we thank you. We bless you, God. We know, Father, that you're faithful. 
Lord, we know today as we lift our hands, we also lift our hearts. And we come to you with a heart of gratitude, with a spirit of cheer, God. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to worship you in our giving. Lord, we thank you for each and every one that is able to give, Lord, that is willing to give today. We thank you, Father, because we know that you are, you are the one that is keeping each and every one of us, God. And you are taking care of your people. And we acknowledge that today. And we thank you this morning because we, are, we, we know, Lord, that we can trust you. We've watched you over and over and over again. Do your glory and your mighty work through our lives and through our obedience. God, I pray that you receive this offering today. Multiply it, increase it a hundredfold, Father. And we mean that as we declare it today, Lord, a hundredfold as your word promises and gives us that authority to do so. Father, we thank you today because your blessing is upon us. Your blessing is upon these homes and these families that are represented here today. Father, I pray that you would let them recognize the blessing. Let them recognize the favor and the covenant that is over their lives deeper and greater because of their obedience today. Father, I pray that you would let this offering go forth and be such a light in this world of darkness. Bring hope and victory and breakthrough to all. God, I pray that we'll be willing to receive it. Lord, let this offering be a source of who you are, God. And I pray today that every promise that has been spoken over this house and over every household in this place, we thank you for it, God. And we thank you for all that have come to pass. But Lord, we also give you praise for the ones that have yet to come to pass. We hold on to those promises, Father, knowing that you're faithful. We thank you, Lord, that this place, uh, this ministry is debt-free. We thank you, Father, in advance uh, for the building of our worship center. Father, we thank you for who you are, what you've done. Be that. Show yourself in your glory through this offering, Father. Let the fire of your presence burn away the chaff and reveal your glory. God, through this offering that you will be exalted and lifted up. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Worship the sister Karen this morning as you do it. We're going to offer it to you. And here lately I've been praying with a sister and I called her this song this morning and I wanted to sing it because every time I mentor somebody or I'm witnessing and trying to encourage them, I tell them that you have to learn how to put the have to take your authority over the enemy, right? That's one of the main things you have to learn. And another thing is you just gotta be still and wait on God. You should have all the time every time. So you just work this song before she When you can't sleep at night over things that don't ride all around.
spiritual hands were. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come against this pain. Father, we bind the enemy that has brought this affliction upon her body. Father, we know this is not your will today, God. We know that, Lord, that she did not open herself up to it, but, Lord, this accident happened out of her control. But, Father, you can take all things and work them for the good. Now, Father, we just speak healing right now to her body. We pray right now, Lord, that this pain would be gone. We cast it out from her body. We, we bind it and command that intruder that is intruding upon her peace and her health in the name of Jesus yes. to leave her body and to Thank never return. Yes. Father, we speak healing and restoration over her head, her mind, her back, her neck. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, let the fire of the Holy Ghost burn, God, right now and begin to minister and bring divine healing, God, a miracle, supernatural, in the name of Jesus, we declare to be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on. Come on. Give the Lord praise for today with us. I know a lot of folks are on vacation. Different things happening. It's that time of the year. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that our God never retreats, never goes on vacation, never is going to retire, but he's faithful. Amen. Luke 11, or excuse me, Luke 7, verse 11. Everybody have it. Say amen. Amen. And it came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him, and much people. And when they came, when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, and he said unto her, Weep not. And he came and touched the bier, and they that bare him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise. And he, he that was dead sat up and began to speak, and he delivered him to his mother. Hallelujah. Jesus. 
Amen. And although Jesus raised, we see uh, different accounts and witnesses throughout the Gospels of Jesus raising the dead when he was here on earth. This was the first time, amen, that we see, amen, Jesus resurrecting the dead, amen. And the Bible was telling us here, amen, that Jesus was entering into Capernaum, amen. Interestingly enough, Capernaum, the Bible says, was the city of his residence. This is where Jesus resided, was there in Capernaum. And the Bible tells us, amen, in Luke chapter 7, that as Jesus was entering into Capernaum, amen, that uh, uh, there was a centurion, amen, uh, 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 which is a Roman soldier, a centurion, uh, amen, that was a Roman soldier, amen, that he sent word, amen, to Jesus because to come, amen, because his slave or his servant was sick. It's interesting, amen, that the centurion, which was a Gentile, and he was also a Roman soldier, amen, uh, was actually a witness or an instrument of Israel's oppression. He was, amen, the very part of what was oppressing Israel. Israel was under the Roman law and Israel was under the Roman rule. And this is exactly why they wanted Jesus to set up the throne as a king there on earth. This is why they, amen, they wanted a king to come because they were under the oppression of the Roman law. And so it's interesting that the centurion, uh, this Gentile Roman soldier, first of all, he's not a Jew, he's a Gentile. Next, he's a Roman. Next, he works under that, which, amen, is the oppression of Israel. Hallelujah. But he is sending, uh, amen, a word to Jesus. Now, uh, here's what you got to understand, that under the Roman law, amen, the master had the right to kill his slave. Uh, amen. It was expected, actually, to kill his slave. Uh, if they were ill or injured, and it caused them to not be able to fulfill their duty. So under the Roman law, amen, uh, this centurion really was supposed to kill this servant, was supposed to kill this slave, uh, because he was too ill to work, amen, he was too ill, amen, to work, and so under the Roman law, he really was expected to kill him. Uh, but we understand uh, something about this Gentile Roman soldier. Amen. He was uh, a man different than a lot of the other Romans. Amen. Or the other Gentiles especially the Roman soldiers. Uh, he was devout. He was kind. Uh, amen. And he was humble. Uh, and, 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 and we see that. We understand that uh, because when he sent uh, a man uh, for uh, the Jewish uh, messengers he sent the Jews to go get Jesus to bring him to his Gentile house. Uh, Hallelujah. Amen. And we understand that as Jesus got halfway, about halfway or so, to, amen, the centurion's house, the Bible said that he sent some friends out to Jesus, and he told Jesus, amen, that he was not worthy for Jesus to come to his house. He did not think himself worthy of a personal meeting with Jesus. Now, we can conclude that because he was a Gentile and because he was a centurion, he was a Roman soldier, amen, we can conclude, hallelujah, that he understood, amen, that Jesus was not worthy, he was not worthy for Jesus to come into his house, hallelujah, because actually, 
easily. Uh, amen. If a Jew entered into a Gentile's house, uh, amen, there was a man a curse considered. And so, so the, the, he, the centurion, amen, he sent, uh, hallelujah, to, to, to uh, Jewish leaders to ask Jesus to come and heal his servant. But as Jesus made his way, I personally think that he wasn't sure whether or not Jesus was going to come. Uh, I don't know that he really thought that Jesus would come simply because of the dynamics of the relationship between the Jews and the Gentiles, and specifically Israel and the Romans. Uh, amen. But I believe that the Jewish leaders, uh, amen, went back and somehow he found out that Jesus was on his way. Uh, and when he found out that Jesus was on his way, he sent some friends uh, to tell him, don't come to my house for I'm not worthy for you to come into my house. Hallelujah. He, he, he said uh, uh, that I, I don't feel like that you should be able to come in under my roof. In other words, uh, he realized, hallelujah, that because of, amen, of who he was and because of his birth, uh, amen, that he was not worthy for Jesus uh, to come under his roof. So we got to realize now, amen, that he embraced the God of Israel. He had to embrace or worship or at least acknowledge, amen, the God of Israel, but he was not circumcised. He was not under their law. So hence, he felt like that he was not worthy for Jesus to come in under the roof of his house. Hallelujah. But you understand that when the Jewish leaders came to Jesus, amen, stay with me, I'm going somewhere today. When the Jewish leaders came to Jesus to compel Jesus to go to the centurion's house to pray for him, they said, this man is a devout man. This man is a good man. He has even built us a house of worship. So now we get another, amen, picture of this centurion, this Roman soldier. Not only did he embrace the God of Israel, but he built for them a place that they could go worship. How many sinners, how many unbelievers are going to build a house of worship for God's people? Not too many unless they get paid. Come on, do you understand what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Amen. So he, 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 he had built them a house of worship. Amen. And he embraced it. So uh, we realize, amen, I believe, again, just my opinion, which doesn't matter here or there, but I believe if he built a house of worship, he showed up at that house of worship. So I believe that that centurion went to church. Can I get an amen? And he's put it in Hillary terms. He went to synagogue. Amen. And what's going to happen when he goes to synagogue? He's going to hear, amen, about the word of God. And don't you know that this was early in the ministry of Jesus. So Jesus was a buzzword. This was before Jesus, amen, had really been ridiculed and so many people set out to destroy him. But it's like, Ooh, who's this dude that showed up? He is healing the sick, amen. He is uh, speaking about things and we're seeing him do miracles and there's things about him that no one else has ever done. And so I believe, amen, because he showed up for church, amen, he built the house, he showed up for church, amen, he heard about, amen, the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he also heard about the healing power of Jesus. Can I present to you that there's no way he was going to send for Jesus to come heal if he didn't believe that Jesus was a healer? Hallelujah. Come on, somebody help me. I 
going to be the victor. So he knew, he heard. Hallelujah. At the end of the day, no matter whether you get it or not, it says crush. No matter whether you get it or not, at the end of the day, hallelujah. The Bible says in the New Testament, amen, that Jesus put his foot on the neck of the enemy and made an open display of his victory. And he knows at the end of the day, while you're sleeping, hallelujah, he's defeated. Oh, come on, somebody help me. Get the word praise right there. If you believe that the Lord is the victor. So, so he, he begins to reiterate to Jesus. I, I know, I know what that word is all about. And I know that you don't have to be there. That if you seek a new commandment, it shall be done. And guess what happened? Jesus healed the servant. The Bible says Jesus marveled at his faith. He said, I've never seen such great faith. No, not even in Israel. Can I say it like that? Like this? I don't even see it in the church. And here I see in this Gentile Roman centurion. Come on, somebody. Do you see how weird all of that is and how it should be? Hallelujah. But God was establishing something. I need somebody to help me. Hallelujah. He was establishing something. Jesus healed the servant with his authority. And the word spoken had a glory. Here's the thing. Because here's the thing. Jesus didn't speak to his servant. He spoke to the spirit of infirmity that had his servant back. Come on, you understand that? 
not saying that anybody either, either way. I'm just saying that we realize that, that. So a large crowd, a large crowd of people and his disciples followed him as they were going into Naim. Now the word Naim is translated in the Hebrew, it means pasture. It means a pleasant place. It comes from a root word that means to be at home, even beautiful. So Jesus is now entering into Naim, which means to be at home or means to be beautiful, should be a pleasant place to be. Are you with me? And as soon as he's entering into the Naim, a funeral was happening. The Bible says that a dead man was being carried out of Naim as Jesus was coming in to Naim. So the funeral procession was coming out of the city. Jesus and the disciples in that large crowd were going in to the city. I'm pretty sure that, now listen, you, you know, you can't, you can't get 10 people together without, without having a, a buzz and a hum. Son of a woman who was a widow. 
She was his only son. The Hebrew translation literally says only begotten son. So he was her only son. And she was a widow. So somewhere in the, 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 the scheme of her life, I don't know how, how much sooner it was, how long it was, she buried her husband. And so she had lost her husband and she had buried her husband. But according to the Hebrew custom, when the husband died, it was the son's responsibility to take care of his mother. So he was her social security. Come on, that's an easy way to put it. In heavenly terms, if you can get it. Amen. He was the one that was going to make sure that she had everything that she needed when she needed it, that she didn't go without, that she didn't go hungry, that if she was sick, she got attention, that she wasn't afraid, and that she wasn't alone, and that she was well provided for, and that she was never thirsty, and that she always had everything that she needed. Amen. That was his responsibility. Hallelujah. Now you got to understand, amen, that he was the only son that she had, and she had lost her husband, so the loss of her son now meant she was going to have a miserable future. That there was no one to take care of her. There was no one to provide for her. There was no one to oversee her. There was now no one to make sure that she had everything she needed. There was now no one that even really cared whether she lived or died or not because she was a widow. Do you hear me? Hallelujah. Amen. And so this meant that she was going to have a miserable future. She had no way of knowing how she was going to make it. So she not only buried her husband, now prematurely she lost her only son. He was a young man. This wasn't supposed to happen. He wasn't supposed to die like this. He wasn't supposed to die this soon. We don't know what caused his death. Hallelujah. But we do know, amen, that he was a young man. And so now you understand that not only was this funeral a tragedy, but it was a special loss. This lady had a double whammy against her. Amen. She had buried her husband and now she was on her way to bury her only son. Amen. Now you got to understand that the procession, amen, the Bible says that there was many people from the city that was with her. We know that they hired professional mourners. The Jews hired people to mourn. And so we have the mourners that were there, but there were also at a funeral procession, there were people that played the flute and cymbals. And so we know that part of this procession, a man of the funeral procession, was the mourners and those that were playing the funeral music. Amen. Praise God. So are you kind of getting a picture here of what's happening? This lady, a man, this mother that was once a wife and a mother has lost her husband and now her only son. If that doesn't hurt enough, now, amen, she does not know, amen, who's going to take care of her in the future, amen, and so now, here come the mourners, amen, so now she already buried her husband, she's getting ready to bury her son, hallelujah, amen, so here the source, hallelujah, the source of her provision, the source of her promise was now gone, and the Bible says in verse 13, amen, amen, and as Jesus and his crowd was coming into Nain, that 
one widow was coming out with her son out of the city. And verse 13 says, when the Lord saw her. Hallelujah. Touch your neighbor and say, the Lord sees. When the Lord saw her. Are you with me? Are you still with me today? Pinch your neighbor if they're even acting like they're not paying attention. When they're going to sleep. Much of, amen. My mom used to give me a little Pentecostal pinch. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. You know what I'm saying, right? Don't little pinch your neighbor unless you just feel like it. Hey, man, you're going home with them. Go ahead. If you're going home with them, pinch them. Hallelujah. If you don't, don't do that. Amen. Praise the Lord. But it says the Lord saw her. And this word Lord here is Kyrios. This word, the Lord is used as master. It's used in different forms of. But here it is translated. And in context, it is used in the absolute form that emphasizes supreme authority and deity. Hallelujah. So it wasn't just uh, this man uh, who performed miracles. Uh, it wasn't just this Jesus uh, that these other people were following. Uh, hallelujah. But the Lord. Uh, hallelujah. Uh, the compassion of heaven. Hallelujah. The Lord and all of his authority and all of his deity as the Son of God, as the only begotten Son of God. Come on, somebody, do you hear that? As the only begotten Son of God, he saw her and he had compassion on her. And what did he say to her? Don't cry. Put yourself there. Right, right. We're like, oh. <laughs> you know, that, that, that makes us all warm and fuzzy. But imagine that mother. Right, right. Come on. Yeah. Imagine that mother. She was a widow, and now her only son had died. She was probably numb with grief. And the funeral was all underway. Right in the middle of the funeral. They were coming out of the city, so they had made their way. They were about to go to the cemetery, and they were about to bury him. So, so, so picture her. She's a widow. She's lost her husband. Amen. How many knows that if you've ever lost a husband, and that grief remains? Amen. That's not something, amen, that even though you're not crying every day, even though you're not experiencing that, that it's a loss. It's something there. And, and that applies to anybody that we lose. But, but I'm trying to make a point here that, amen, she lost her husband, amen, and now. She had lost, amen, her only son. She was numb with grief. Amen. She was beside herself, and the funeral was under her underway. And I can just imagine she got up to get ready for the funeral. Amen. They buried people right away. They didn't, they didn't wait around. Amen. Like we do today in our culture. They buried people right away. But I can imagine. Amen. But she got up that morning to get ready for the funeral. She thought, I've cried every tear that I'm able to cry. I'm not able to cry. There's no way. I haven't ever said that. I don't think I can cry another tear over this uh, or over the law. Say, man, I, I've been there, done that. Just when I think I'm good to go, and all of a sudden, uh, it just takes a little something and it can bring, uh, amen, tears to your eyes. Hallelujah. Uh, so I believe, uh, amen, as much as she thought she had her composure, and she thought, I'm going to do this. I don't have a choice. I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, but i got to do this. Hallelujah. Uh, I believe, amen, the tears, uh, amen, streamed down her face again when she thought that she would never be able to cry again. Now, here she's crying. Hallelujah. Every tear possible. She's staring at the beer. Amen. You know what the beer is? Amen. It's not this. Hallelujah. B-I-E-R. Amen. It was a bed. Amen. That they carried the dead body on to the cemetery. And on down in history, sometimes they had a coffin. But probably in this 
situation, his dead body was just laying on this spear or this stretcher bed, amen, being carried by the pallbearers, amen, and so he was laying there dead, and so I can imagine as they're they're doing the funeral procession, her eyes are on that bier, amen, the tears are streaming down her face, her heart is broken, she is gripped with grief and sorrow and uncertainty and the lack of hope and the lack of trust not knowing a man looking at the very last person that she knew for sure loved her and cared about her staring at that with tears streaming down her face and feeling all of those emotions and that feeling staring at that beer a man wondering how am I going to make it through this how am I going to do this? How many ever said that about your situation? How am I going to do this? There's no way. I don't know how that I'm going to make it through this. Hallelujah. Staring at that, wondering how am I going to get through this when suddenly this strange man, as he's passing by, stops her and looks at her and says, stop crying. You ladies know what I'm... Come on. Who's this? this, First of all. And he's going to tell me I don't have a right to cry? He's going to tell me stop weeping? Stop your crying? He didn't say hateful. It didn't matter. When my grandfather died, Love his heart. The pastor I grew up with, my grandfather was like my dad. I was close to him. And I spent a lot of time. Back back, back then, in, in 85, when he passed away, they had viewings for three days. Yeah. They had viewings for yeah. two days, and then yeah. on the third day, I spent most of my time up at the casket. I was, I was 20 years old, and I lost my best friend. And I didn't want to see him go. And so I'm standing there as the, when the funeral's over, that you know, you're, you're allowed to go, to go. And I'm standing there just realizing this is the last time I'm going to look at him. And I'm there. Love his heart. May he rest in peace. But my pastor touched me. He said, okay, that's enough. You need to go now. I was like, Jack? Hold <laughs> on. I'm shy. And I'm backward, but I thought, are you? Right. <laughs> and I didn't move. I mentioned that, but I'm like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I can imagine, I can imagine her thinking instantly, like, what? What do you mean, don't cry? Do you not? You have no idea what I'm going through. Oh, come on, somebody. You don't even know why I'm crying other than that I'm a part of this. But you have no idea that I'm a widow. And you have no idea that I've lost my husband and now I've lost my only son. And I don't know what my future's going to be like. And I don't know what's going to happen. And I, I thought I had this assurance. I thought I had this hope. I thought I had this, uh, in my, uh, my next day worked out. But now, prematurely, my son is 
on it. You're going to tell me to stop crying. I, hallelujah. Talk about shock. Amen. Praise the Lord. Talk about like, oh, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. But before she even knew what was up, before she even knew and had a chance to even say anything back to him, the Bible tells us that Jesus touched that beer. He touched that scripture bed. Oh, come on, somebody. Hallelujah. And he spoke to that young man. And he said, young man, get up. Young man, get up. So before she even had a chance, amen, to backfire, amen, to give him a Holy Ghost, amen, amen, hollering out. Amen. Come on, are you hearing me? Hallelujah. Before she even could process all that was happening, he reached out and touched that beer, touched that stretch of bed. Amen. That was carrying that boy. Amen. And he said, Hallelujah. He touched the coffin. Here's what you, what you need to understand. He didn't touch the boy. Amen. But he touched the thing that was carrying the boy. He didn't put his hands on the boy, but he put his hands on what had the boy. Somebody, you'll get that tomorrow. Hallelujah. He could have laid hands on the boy, but he didn't. Just like he could have laid hands on the centurion servant, but he didn't. What did the disciples just witness? Earlier in the day before, they witnessed Jesus speaking and healing taking place. Now, he's touching, hallelujah, what was carrying the boy, but he spoke to the boy as if the boy was already alive. Yeah. Come on, somebody, do you hear me? He didn't say, oh, death, take your hands off of him. He's not dead. He didn't say, shama, 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 rama, rama, rama. He didn't say all of the incantation. He didn't say, death, you have Six o'clock. You're almost six. 
31. You jump up out of bed because you have to be up and ready for the bus coming out at 6.20. Come on, somebody, how do you think it is? Two minutes till 6. You get up and go downstairs, look at the clock, and it's 5.32. What do you mean it's almost 6 o'clock? It is. What you say it is almost 6 o'clock? You need to get yourself out of bed. Then you learn. So you're like, okay, it's almost 6. It's 5.35. <laughs> so my point is you ever have you ever had to tell a teenager get up I did my youngest one sitting right there <laughs> she would slide out of bed into her pants and into her shirt and out the door
Shut me up. Yeah, yeah. So who am I trusting? Me or him? Right. He said, ain't my first one. I don't have to. I know what's going on. But can I tell you? Hallelujah. That you cannot go. As a preacher that's getting ready to do a funeral, you cannot go to the Bible and use Jesus as an example because Jesus didn't do funerals. Hallelujah. When he showed up at a funeral, amen, they resurrected. There was no funeral. I need somebody to help me. Amen. So you just got to come to your own conclusion, put your own scriptures together because that's one example we don't have of Jesus. He didn't do funerals. He just raised the dead. Every person, like, come on, remember Jairus' daughter? Hallelujah. He interrupted that funeral. Amen. He said, listen, you scoffers, get out of here. And he said, I told the kumai, rise, amen, and live. He interrupted, praise God. Hallelujah. Lazarus' burial. Amen. It doesn't matter if they are both going the way to be buried or if they done been buried. Look, dude, he interrupted his own funeral. Somewhere, somehow, the 
trust. That you had. The hope. That you had for the fruition. Of this promise. And this word. Has spiritually died. I don't know who I'm talking to. But it's, again, I, I, when, when I got up this morning, I had no idea what I was going to preach on today. Mm-hmm. It's just been one of those weeks, been one of those months, if a months. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm real. That's what we live. Right. We're learning this thing together, right? Yeah. Sometimes it's Sunday. Sometimes we get tired. We get weary. Sometimes we don't want to get up. Sometimes we don't feel like going to church. Sometimes we don't feel like studying. Sometimes we don't feel like Sometimes we don't feel like praying. Sometimes we don't feel like listening to anything or anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Get there. I had no idea. And the Lord spoke this to me as I was walking out the door. Reason, whether 
not always intentionally, but for some reason, sometimes we just we just decide, well, you know what? I'm not sure that's ever. I'm just going to live like that, like it's just it just never even existed. Like that word for some of you, it's, it can be a scripture. This this living word, and the enemy wants you to, to to believe that it doesn't exist for you. But there's a gap. There's a vacancy between you and God when it comes to that word. When it comes to that hope and that promise, you're left deficient. You're a spiritual widow. And so now you're ready to bury it as if it never existed. You've already started the, the, the funeral arrangements. So that you are. I walked in this morning carrying the dead body ready to bury it. Its ability to sustain and to provide for you what the promise that was given could seems gone. It used to sustain you while you waited. But now it seems that it's prematurely died and you want to bury it as if it never existed. And you're carrying it on disappointment, misplaced purpose. You're carrying it on denial. You're carrying it on bitterness. Or you're carrying what seems to be your dead promise. And the enemy, the enemy will show up. And you'll have to carry it. You'll send hell's bearers. Oh, come on. Who I'm talking to today. But here's what I want you to understand. Jesus didn't touch the boy. He touched what was scary. Jesus came this morning to touch you at the point of your hopelessness, the disappointment, the doubt, the anguish, the misplaced purpose, amen, the confusion, the misunderstanding, the, all of that that's carrying your promise that seems to be dead. It seems as if it has prematurely died. There was so much life left in it. There was so much potential, but it died prematurely, and now you don't know what's going to become of it. Amen. Can I tell you that Jesus is going to touch you, but he's going to speak life back to your promise. Hallelujah. So he's going to touch that which is carrying. He's going to touch you at your point of hopelessness. I don't know who I'm talking to today. I want the musicians to get ready because I'm about there. Hallelujah. But he's speaking. He's always going to touch you today, but he's speaking to your promise. And he's speaking to your promise as if it's alive. Because to him, it is not dead. The enemy has convinced you that that promise is dead. But I got to thinking, amen, this morning, I wonder what her son said to her when he got up and started speaking. It said he sat up and he began to talk. He began to speak. Hallelujah. Amen. Can I tell you something? Hallelujah. I'm going to say something and I want you to touch your neighbor. I'm going to say this to you and the Holy Ghost. Stop your crying. Stop your crying. Look at your neighbor and say, stop your crying. How dare you tell me I don't have a right to grieve. 
because it's not what it seems. It seems like, amen, that it's died prematurely, but it isn't. Hallelujah. He's giving it back to you today. He gave up her son back to his mother, and he's giving that promise, that word back to you today. Hallelujah. Before, that widow would have had to find somebody else's field and glean in it. She would have had to, amen, be like Ruth. She would have had to found the corner of somebody's field to glean in it. And only hope that there would be enough substance to last her. But hallelujah, he said today, as he told Ruth, I bring you handfuls on purpose. As Boaz told Ruth, I'm dropping you a handful.
whatever's carrying your coffin is standing still. Oh, hallelujah. The pallbearer stood still. As you're standing across this place, you're not away. Can I tell you the only thing that's dead in this situation is the enemy's access. It's not a dead end for you, but it is for the enemy. It's not a dead end for your problems. It's not a dead end for the word of God over your life. Some of you are waiting for a word to come to pass. It doesn't even have to be a yay I say or a personal promise. Hallelujah. Some of you struggle when the preacher says your household shall be saved. And you look at the heathens in your household and it's been years and you feel like there's such a gap there. You're a widow spiritually. But God's saying, hallelujah, that word is not dead as long as the word is dead. It's not a dead end for you, but it is a dead end for the enemy. That's all that's dying right now is his access. So if you're in this place this morning, as every head Every mind.